Welcome to the show. I'm your host, Kristen Diane McDonald. I'm a successful HR and recruitment leader that has worked and consulted for Google, Microsoft, Activision, and Frog Design, all with a GED and an associate's degree from a community college. I'm now turning that experience into career coaching, mentoring, and storytelling on both the personal and professional. Today, I'm interviewing Niani Tolbert, the founder of Hire Black. The traction she's made on helping black women get trained, hired, and promoted in such a short time is really inspiring. For more information on this episode, including episode details and links to all the offers, visit thebossysauce.com. Today, I'm interviewing Niani Tolbert, the founder of the Hire Black Initiative. Niani called out to LinkedIn to help her train, hire, and promote 10,000 Black women, and I witnessed a remarkable response to her call out from recruiters and HR professionals, and it's been really inspiring to watch Niani's initiative grow into what I think is actually way more than an initiative. Uh, Hire Black was even featured in Forbes this week. So congrats on the recent recent success, Niani, and thank you for the wonderful work you're doing. Can you tell us a little bit about who you are and what inspired you to start Hire Black? Yes, yes. Thank you so much for the introduction and thank you for having me. Um, I really appreciate you sharing your platform with me. Um, so I am a marketer and advertiser turned technical recruiter. And I, um, in the beginning of this pandemic, I have, I was doing a lot of community events, virtual community events. And when it came to Juneteenth, um, and also when it came to the uh, George Floyd um, protests and everything that was going on, I wanted to see how I can bring my specific skills, my specific experience to the table because you know in coronavirus i was just afraid of just going outside and protesting that brought me a lot of anxiety so i wanted to see what how can i help in my own way um it took me a few days but i decided to try to help 19 black women get resume review sessions on juneteenth and that one um social media post on LinkedIn garnered a lot of attention. Within 48 hours, over 500 Black women applied to be matched, and over 300 recruiters from different companies re- responded to try to to, to want to um, assist in actually doing these sessions. So I had to take a step back and tell myself, what did I just commit myself to? Um, and for a week, I kind of strategized Got a few people that I didn't really know, um, but, you know, got a few volunteers to get get interested in helping with coordinating. And we started the Hire Black Initiative. Um, we originally went from 19 to 100, but because of the fact that we did over 40 sessions in our first week, um, we decided to go to 1,000. And then we felt like 1,000 was too easy. So we have now um, created the ambitious goal of helping 10,000 Black women get trained, promoted, and hired. And right now I can say that we've helped over 225, I believe, 225 um, Black women get one-on-one career sessions with these recruiters. Wow. That's remarkable. And when that's, that's only in the course of what, like five or six weeks? 
Yeah, so I think I put it on up on June 6th. That just blows my mind. Um, <laughs> yeah. So, the, yeah, is is Hire Black just you still, or do you have a staff now? Yeah, so right now it's me. We It's a group of volunteers. It's me, um, a coordinator named Ashley. Um, we have Josephine, who helps with content and kind of consults with content. And we also have Amber, who is now our head of technology operations. So she helps with using systems as a service and operations and all of the things that we need to scale. But I am so, so happy to really be able to lean on a network of people who and allies who have showed their support through mentorship, through guidance and through sharing information and resources, um, because in order to scale this fast, I, you know, I understood that I did not have the answers, but I have been able to reach out to a lot of people who do have the answers, you know, some VPs of, you know, growth marketing and VP of press uh, or public relations that have been able to really share more details on how they, on their framework, frameworks and how they are able to scale and organize everything. So I just want to shout out, I think, there's Kate from Bomba Socks who has a pay it forward um, initiative and using that link and using that database, I was able to really reach out to some of these, um, these, you know, experienced people to ask them questions for higher black. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, I, I think that you're, it's been remarkable that you've been able to shift your goal and, um, and now have that set for 10,000. Is it, is it overly ambitious of me to even ask, can you now see even a, a, a time beyond even the 10,000? Like, is that something that you're starting to think about? Oh, that's a really great question. I think that we may be able to hit over 10,000. So we have just announced that we're doing a Higher Black Summit, and that will be on September 19th, Saturday, September 19th. And that would have a ally track, a career development track, and then a connect connection opportunity. So that would be, you know, virtual career fairs, virtual booths. And so between our partnerships and between the, um, the some of the other things that we have going on, I definitely think that that's that that can be that can be something that we can do in, within the next few years. I definitely think that this is going to be an initiative that will be uh, that will be years long. Um, but uh, yeah, hopefully we can get over 10,000 and hopefully we can do that as soon as possible. <laughs> great. Great. Yeah. And I, I, I feel really fortunate that uh, the Forbes article came out this week too, because it's just given me so many juicy nuggets to talk about too with you. And so I wanted to bring up a couple of those. And one of them is um, in the Forbes article, you mentioned cultural fit and it, it just really struck a chord with me uh, being in HR. It's you know, honestly, if I never heard the term cultural fit <laughs> ever again in my life, I'd probably be happy. But I, um, you know, when you mention it, I think you, you, you kind of opened up this Pandora's box of what all the biases that can happen with that. And I'd, I'd love to hear a little bit more about um, your thoughts on the term cultural fit. 
Oh, I can go on this forever. So <laughs> let me know if I'm getting too deep. Um, but cultural fit. I think that as people, as even companies, right? As companies decide to make these promises about diversity, it's really important to understand that diversity is a, is a diversity of opinion and doesn't necessarily mean the diversity of who you hire or just your general workforce. So it's kind of, I'm going a little bit deeper right now, but I do want, it. <laughs> love it. <laughs> Sorry. Thank you. Um, I want for people to understand that if they're saying that they're going to increase their diversity or they want their, um, they want their workforce to have, um, 60 or 40% diversity um, when it comes to their statistics, they need to remember that if you're hiring Black people for your contractors or hourly employees or places that don't necessarily have a lot of um, promotion opportunities, then that's not really helping. Um, if you are um, not really tackling the diversity of departments, in, in, within departments, that's not really helping as well. Um, oftentimes you see that stakeholders look the same, um, whether that is the marketing department that may lead a lot of the initiatives or a lot of the brand conversation. Maybe it's the PR department. Um, maybe it is um, business strategy. And so if you have, even if you have a diverse workforce, if you have most, most um, your, your Black your black workers in mainly customer service, member admin, um, what else can I say? Or facilities, um, maintenance, or anything like that, then you're kind of, that's just another form of segregation. That's how I feel about it. Um, oftentimes you see the marketing department looking a certain way. You see the tech department looking a certain way. And yep. since stakeholders make these conversations or um, since since everything is based on what the stakeholders say, then it's not really a diverse diversity of opinion. Um, it's just a bunch of people who think the same um, in the same teams reporting to the same people or reporting to people who look the same. So I think that it's really necessary for people to understand that that idea of cultural fit is actually toxic. Cultural fit is going to make you say, does this person remind me of myself? So instead, I would say, what does this person bring to the table that I don't have? What does this person, when you're talking to hiring managers and a recruiter is doing um, their final intakes, or sorry, not their intakes, but they're um, getting their, uh, yeah, you could even ask this within the intake form, but um, when their recruiters are getting this feedback, ask the panel, each person, for each person to say, what can that person bring or what perspective can that person bring that might be a current um, blind spot for us right now? Hmm. Yeah, I think that's a much better way to go about it, too. I mean, really, it comes down to the needs of the job. Like, mm -hmm. it really shouldn't be anything else, you know? Um, and, and there have been a lot of studies done that show that that um, <clears throat> that more productivity and creativity happens when uh, environments are the most diverse. We'll get back to all the inspiration in a moment, but I have to tell you about something I've recently become a huge fan of. 
If you follow me on Instagram or YouTube, you've probably seen my videos or pictures of my horrible breakouts. I've struggled with acne since I was in the fourth grade and it's never gone away and I'm 35 now. <laughs> I will never say anything is a miracle cure because I don't believe that exists for people like me, but I will advocate for products that I believe make a difference. I just started using BioClarity and I see a noticeable improvement. Their product line is vegan and plant-based and it's really not very expensive, which I also am really a huge fan of. Skin routine kits are around 40 bucks or so. I've now become an ambassador of theirs and for an exclusive 15% off all your orders, visit bioclarity.com and enter the promo code BBOSSYSAUCE. That's the letter B, then bossy sauce. There was one other thing that really resonated with me in the Forbes article. And really, it comes down to something that I'm working on right now, which is my um, Craft Your Best Resume course that I'm putting together. And um, and I am working on you know each module. And the first one, I, I actually, I could totally use your advice on this. And that is... Um, names and 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 you 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 go into this idea that um people change their names in order uh, on the top of their resume in order to get jobs whether it be to come off as a different as a as you know agnostic when it comes to you know gender or um androgynous or if it comes down to you know even you know highlighting ethnicity and so I, I would never want to encourage somebody to be something that they're not, but I also ultimately want to encourage them to get the job. And so I, I am really curious what your thoughts are. What do you, how do you help women when it comes to this aspect? Do you, do you encourage them to, to alter their names or you encourage, do you just highlight this as something that um, exists as a biasy? What is your take there? So my honest take is, and this is something that I want to work on with Higher Black and a few other initiatives that I'm a part of, um, I don't want women to have to do it. It's unfortunate that women have to do it. Um, it's unfortunate that we have to call for blind resumes because, you know, names are so important. Um, names have history, names have meaning, names have value. Um, but what is the reality of the situation is that some people are not getting chosen because of their names. And there's a lot of studies. Um, there's a study by Freakonomics on um, names and how the that perception of the name, um, I think it was, I, I, I don't have the exact um, numbers in front of me. I usually do, um, but I don't have the exact uh, numbers in front of me, but there are plenty of studies and I can send that to you so that you can add that to your show notes. Um, but so it's, it's just a simple fact that 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 unconscious bias does exist, that um, I am really calling for ATS systems to have that option. Um, I think that, and I'm talking to a few ATS systems um, to offer that, because if we are able to have these types of um, settings from these ATS systems and kind of make it an industry norm within ATS systems, then we can actually implement that in hundreds of companies who use these ATS systems. So um, I, I would, I, I wouldn't say, you know, if, if someone feels that they have to do it because they have to, 
you know, that's, that's, that's on them. Um, unfortunately, you know, sometimes it will be better off for someone to do that. Um, uh, but I think that if, if we can, um, empower ATS systems or empower recruiting teams to use blind resumes, um, that can standardize so that people don't have to make that decision themselves. Mm, yeah. I, th- I think that's a better way forward too. Um, and so you, you also had brought up when we were talking about recording this podcast, um, you and I had spoken, spoke about socioeconomics and the black community. And there was, an, there were some important messages and mis- missions that you would like to voice. Would you care to highlight some of those misconceptions or important messages? Oh, I, well, some of the things um, I hear, I hear some people say, what, what about the talent? Where's the talent? Um, I hear people say, um, people think that it's a, it's an education problem. Um, Black women are, the, the group of Black women are um, the most educated, um, the most educated population of people in America right now. So it's not that we don't have the education. I think that it's more so about um, race and wealth. And it's also about um, network. Um, at the end of the day, when the network is super, super important. Um, network is how people get jobs. <laughs> network is how people get resources. And so I think it's really important for um, to establish networks and safe spaces for people to start having conversations about salaries, start having conversations about, um, about you know, does this per do you know any connections at whatever company that you want to be in? Um, and using these resources, I think that the system, the systemic oppression that uh, that Black people have faced, and the policies that have created these oppressions, took out two main things. Um, it has um, carried this or started this mindset. Um, so it's a mindset problem um, because it has made people ha- have self-limiting beliefs about what their capabilities are or even um, the idea of the fact that they have to be the only Black person. Um, so there's just different mindsets that like the that government and that, you know, the history of America or this just history of the world in general has created. Um, so I want to tackle that through coaching mm. and through um, really being able to empathize and really support. Um, so that's where community comes in um, and also coaching. <laughs> and the second thing is through resources. So that lack of resource, um, be limiting resources. And this is there's many different op- there's many different um, examples of um, de facto um, racism and um, and how the government has limited resources and uh, that we can get into. But at the end of the day, that limit of resources, um, limitation of resources, has created an imbalance of race and wealth. It has created an imbalance of opportunities when it comes to network. So I think that. Um, being able to connect the Black women or Black, black talent to a network of people, um, resources, and um, empowerment through, you know, mindset will be able to uplift um, pe- uh, uplift people to do their best. And on the other hand, when it comes to allies, I think it's important to um, 
understand um, perspective and continue to do the work. Yeah, yeah. I, you know, honestly, I would have never really thought about the network piece. And it makes so much sense when you, when I think about what you're doing, how there would be so much passion behind that after hearing you highlight that piece. So uh, thank you for shedding some light on that for, for me. I, um, if you were outside of obviously being a part of your organization, if you could provide one piece of advice for somebody um, in the black community to grow their network, to help them get a job, what would you, what advice would you give? Um, I am going to steal the advice of my friend, Britt Ramsey. Um, she's a recruiter at um, L'Oreal and she recently told um, some of the volunteers through her, I think she had some webinar um, about pandemic and careers. I, I wish I knew the exact wording of it, but she shared that 80% of your job search is not applying. 80% is research and connection. 20% is job finding. And so I always like to encourage people to see who is in your network right now or who can you reach out to right now that you can connect to directly so that you are able to have more of an insight of who these um, of who you can who you can kind of get the get into the door um, from. And if you are applying most, at most of your time, you I, I just have to honestly say, like as a recruiter, you can get lost easily um, in the stack uh, or in the flood of applicants. So I would say try to find someone, um, try to spend most of your time making connections. Connections are so important. Use LinkedIn, um, find a you know search buddy, whatever it is, everything is, um, everything when it comes to your career is a social thing. Yeah. You know what? That's a good point. I actually, every time I've applied to a job, I've actually followed up with an email, um, not an email, but I think it's because in recruitment, one of the skills that I've picked up is that I can pretty much find um, between personal or professional email, I can find probably 90% of people's email address, whether it be the, the company address or even their personal email address. Um, this is going to sound really almost stalkery, but it's a a skill set in recruitment that I picked up where people are ultimately not that creative. So this is my tip of the day. Um, you can really look at like people's Facebook handle or their LinkedIn handle and go like at gmail.com or first dot last name. And that's, you pretty much will find somebody's email address by doing that. So, so I usually follow up by doing that. And there are tools where you can um, like people's social media addresses will pop up. Um, when you find the right one, and you can um, attach that widget to Gmail. And so that's how I've actually followed up with all of the jobs that I've applied to is, and, um, and that's helped me get interviews. And so um, you're right, I think just having that extra kind of connectivity and not just applying, but actually going that extra step or making that, um, that network connection, if you can, really does help. And um, so when it comes to your GoFundMe, I actually saw that you are raising $10,000 and you're almost halfway there. So uh, I actually, when I saw this, I thought it was a little bit lean. It was only a dollar per head count and it's probably going to take a lot to keep this going for, for a, 
I guess, kind of a nonprofit type of um, initiative. So uh, I would like to to tell everybody out there to go ahead and and go to um, hireblacknow.com and there's a direct link to uh, the GoFundMe page. But Niani, would you like to tell people a little bit about, you know, how you're trying to keep this together so that you guys can actually make and reach your initiative? Yes, yes. So thank you so much for shouting that out. Um, I often don't, I don't really push that enough, but I appreciate when people do find it. Um, so yeah, our GoFundMe is because, you know, at right now we have about three or four, three, I would say three and a half people who are working on Hire Black, but um, it's been, it's been a few months and, you know, uh, one, I am furloughed. Um, Ashley is, uh, Ashley is just, re- just, just actually graduated in May. And, um, you know, Amber, this is, you know, her side thing. And so we want to just be able to have, uh, be able to have some kind of backing just in case so that we're not urgently scattering and looking for um, a, a having to get basically being in a place where we are kind of backed up and have to kind of stop um, and kind of hold the whole initiative. And so this helps us, you know, establish footing, establish the um, establish, you know, all of the requirements that are necessary in order to continue moving forward. So, you know, you know, bit forming business entity, having some cushion on our own in order for us to pour into others, because we realized that, you know, it, in order to pour, we have to have something that we can pour from, right? And so I am really excited to be able to not have to worry <laughs> about too much and um, be able to really dedicate more time and energy um, into this initiative because, you know, we, I would hate to, you know, build this momentum, get so many people within the community and then, you know, turn around and not be able to actually fulfill this commitment. For sure. Yeah. Hey, you know, I really just want to thank you for highlighting some things today that, um, that I think we all could use highlighted. And so uh, I think that's a really good place to wrap up today. I like to keep the episodes around, you know, 25 to 35 minutes. So um, Niani, I just want to um, just, I'm just so grateful for everything that you're doing and um, my gratitude. Uh, I'm sure there are so many people that have so much gratitude for what you're doing and just thank you for donating your time and your efforts to such a great cause. Yeah. And thank you so much for having me. I'm so, so excited to continue speaking with you offline and seeing how we can further do things together as well. Thanks for listening today, Saucy Bosses. I hope that you enjoyed listening as much as I did talking to Niani. Don't forget to keep an eye out for the Craft Your Best resume course that I'll be launching in August. And for listening today, I have a special offer for you. I recently made the switch from MailChimp to Flowdesk for my newsletter. The designs are fantastic and better than any other platform. And for $39, you get unlimited contacts. And actually, I have a 50% off promo for every month for you, making it only $19 a month. So if you go to flowdesk.com, that's F-L-O-desk.com forward slash the letter C forward slash 
the bossy sauce that'll get you 50% off every month. For details on this episode, including all the links, content referenced, and all the offers, visit thebossysauce.com.